Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Too Authentic. On Too Authentic, we talk about real and relevant topics in an authentic way. Maybe too authentic for some. Today, I'm joined by the lovely Nisha, Nisha Bolsara, who I've been following for a very long time on Instagram and we've connected previously before. So when I thought about getting back into my podcast, she was the first person who came to mind. Nisha, do you mind introducing yourself a little bit? Hi, I'm Nisha. I run um, a recipe and lifestyle webpage that focuses on veganism and I offer a shame-free approach to that lifestyle and throw in some like brown girl fashion and beauty and (laughs) some Indian food. Yeah, that's why I love you so much. I know I initially started following you for the recipes, but I stayed because of your like awesome personality and how quirky you are. I was like, oh my gosh, she's so entertaining. I love this. I could get into this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I, I love, I just love making people laugh. That is my bread and butter, really. <laughs> yeah. No, you're welcome. I know that um, one of the things that you've spoken about on your platform, maybe briefly, is the fact that you are navigating a biracial identity in a predominantly yeah. white suburb. You grew up in Texas, right? Yes. So I grew up in what's called the Woodlands, Texas, in the 90s, early 2000s. And it was, um, I think it's quite changed quite a bit, but I haven't been there and lived in there for a while. So yeah, it was predominantly white. Um, and quite religious and not like my parents very much um i'm mixed so my mom is white and my dad Mm -hmm. is from mumbai and um my mom is also french canadian so she has a thick accent so it wasn't like she's she's so cute but it wasn't like she was american (laughs) um so it was it was an interesting childhood it i i felt very othered in a lot of ways and i think a lot of that really grew my empathy for animals because animals just treat you the same no matter what um Mm. but yeah it's also informed like how I talk about veganism and how I run my page because I really want it to just be really shame free I don't want you to feel bullied or um unworthy when you come on here I want everyone to just be able to feel accepted and opened up to this lifestyle yeah you know it's so interesting that you've mentioned some of these challenges i have a client who lives in texas she's not biracial but she's also mentioned what a struggle it was for her to grow up in that kind of community because you don't really feel accepted when everyone else looked different to you and then you've got to adapt those eurocentric beauty standards because that can affect your confidence as well right oh yeah Um, But I really love how you've taken maybe the shame you experienced as a child or maybe even like the taunts that you face and you've turned it into something where you don't want other people to feel the same. You know what I mean? Like took your pain and turned it into something powerful. I think it's super inspiring. And I love how I can see it as like one of your viewers on your story. I think it runs like a thread through all your stories and through all your content. Yeah, yeah, for oh, sure. That makes me feel so happy. Well, I feel like that so much with you because when I started following you, I heard about your story and I was like, wow, like this is something that is so important to talk about and she's so giving and inclusive and like vulnerable about it. And I, I admire that so much, and especially like women of color because we're already like it's targeted. We're already singled out mm-hmm. and to, to have all that going against you and to like come out on the other side and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to still share, I'm going to still be vulnerable. Like that is just 
that's the people I, I love to surround myself on to follow and look up to. Oh, that's so, so sweet. I feel the same the feeling is mutual. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love how you mentioned vulnerability just now because even on your platform, I know that predominantly you share a lot about like recipes and how to, mm-hmm. you know, form a relationship with veganism where it's not too like in your face, where you can take your own time right. and kind of go on your own journey. But vulnerability, I feel like you've really touched on parts of your story, like little snippets here and there. I see of your story being biracial yeah. and then also maybe even struggling with some health issues in the past. Like you're really vulnerable mm-hmm. in your platform. And I think that's what makes it so easy for people to connect to you. Like, I feel like I'm watching right. a friend when I watch you, basically. Oh, that's all I, I really want is that like growing up, I didn't, it, it's very like, it's very Southern to not let people in and Mm -hmm. really give people your full story because in a way it it offers you a lot of protection it's a way that you can grow and live and keep yourself safe to not share so much with others but on the other hand of that i never felt really connected to so many people there and i feel like we're all living these individual stories that are so complicated and unique and so many things are we're not alone in everything we're feeling there's so many people there. And I know growing up, like a recurring thing was I just felt so alone and so weird and so different. And in reality, there's so many people who are living just like me, who are have the same health struggles that I have, experience with identity, all kinds of things. And I know when I hear someone else talk about it, it gives me the courage to be myself. And I feel like so many things that are going wrong in the world are because of that individuality is being valued over the collectiveness of us, you know? Mm -hmm. It's more important to be the best and the hardest working instead of being like, hey, we're all human beings, like first of all. No, let's, you're so let's right. figure it out. Yeah, let's talk about, let's, let's really invest time in what is everyone's struggle and helping that so we can rise together. No, I love so that. When, I love how you view it yeah. in such a, in a way where we're all kind of connected. Cause at the end of the day, we're all part yeah. of the same human race, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're all connected and we all, when when one person is hurting, when one living thing is hurting, we, those in, people in places of privileged are, I, I believe it's our duty to invest and listen and mm-hmm. learn and help each other because why me having a great life doesn't dictate like the wellness of the world at, and at large mm-hmm. it's all of us together no you're absolutely Same thing with right animals. yeah i was yeah. just gonna say this this <laughs> probably has a lot to do with like some of the stuff that you speak about on your platform in regards to veganism right. now you know how you mentioned about like connectedness and how we all want to help each other rise together how mm-hmm. was your i'm really curious how was your experience like starting off as a creator in youtube and instagram as a woman of color did you find yeah any specific challenges along your path? Yes. Oh gosh, I almost quit like so many times. Oh really? Well, I'm so oh, glad you did yeah. it. Otherwise, you wouldn't I be mean, here today. <laughs> I the only reason I didn't quit was because I had from the get go a lot of people wanting more and wanting me to speak more. Um, I was an actress before this. I did mm. um, did commercials. I really enjoyed it, but this is really my passion and now it's my full-time job but in the beginning when i started i started just as like a fun thing i really love cooking cooking i is just 
one of my passions. I love it. I love food. I love flavor. That is that is all I watch on TV. That is all I do in my spare time. Um, so I just was like, let me just share like all the fun recipes I'm doing. And it started getting views. And I, I was just going to send it to like my family because yeah. um, my family is spread out all over the world, world. And I thought it would be a really fun way to connect with them, to share what I was making. And then everyone except my family started watching it. <laughs> and so it was really interesting. And at the time, um, I got a lot of racist comments and it was really scary. It was, I think coming to California after going being in Texas, I was no longer as, as strikingly different okay. from being this small, really homogenous town to being in a little more diverse of a place. And then I was, it was thrown back in my face that that's not true for everywhere in the United States or, or all over the world. There's hatred, there's racism, there's bigotry everywhere. And my naive little brain at the time, my young self was really horrified and shocked. And I, when it's something like what you look like, it's, it's very scary to hear horrible things about yourself or something you can't change. And I really, in the beginning, tried to dial back like what, everything that makes me me. And I really tried to make um, everything. So I tried making Indian food recipes. I got horrible comments about how Indian food is disgusting, um, how I was spreading, I, I was being like too elite in, almost in a way by talking about spices that people like don't like. Um, food is too Ugh. spicy, um, just all kinds of things that like, you know, you as a brown girl growing up with um, a predominantly white community, like would hear about your food. And even just like racism in general, just horrible things said. <laughs> but Make my blood boil just listening to this. <laughs> it's, it was horrible. And my first platform wasn't Instagram or anything. It was, it was YouTube. Like mm. that was my biggest platform. And I really... I loved video production. I went to school to do um, to study film and to study film acting, and YouTube was a great way to marry like all of my interests. But it really left a bad taste in my mouth for that. But it was because I, so I kept doing more like watered down recipes. But the more and more I allowed myself to be truly seen and to share different things on my different platforms about like how hard it is to look the way I look, to be the kind of person I am, to be biracial, the more support I got and the more people who are like me started following me. Hmm. And it wasn't because like veganism on social media is a really white space. Um, yeah. Certain animal rights organizations are super racist and they have really racist histories and I, I will not support them. And when I started encouraging myself and my followers to speak out on that it just attracted everything and like I no longer had to chase an audience they just came well I love that so just by like yeah. you speaking openly about your challenges I guess you can connected or attracted more people that were on that same sort yeah. of path that resonated with your path you know that's really awesome yeah. but at the same time it's like so sad to hear that you thought you had to water yourself down 
to keep other people in oh, their yeah. comfort zones like with the spices and stuff like but then how does it feel for you now seeing like turmeric every single person is now having it. all these indian spices all this ancient wisdom now being i guess turned right. into something that's more mainstream how does that feel for you when years ago you were kind of like you know talked down to or not appreciated for that kind of content it's really interesting it's, <laughs> it's a different experience yeah. it's also um as someone who is half white i have like a a more proximity to whiteness than someone who is not like i have mm. a lot more white followers i have white family and friends and so i like i've always known this kind of stuff and how it's taken and like reused but being vocal about how like food bloggers and food blogging in general not just vegan spaces can be really whitewashed Mm. it can strip things so much of their cultural significance and history um i think a really simplified version of this would be like chai if we talk about like a masala chai what does one group of people think it is and what does another chai to some people is is like cinnamon water yep and to me it's really like it's ayurveda it's all it's coming together with family it's an intimate meeting hmm. and it's an experience take, exactly and when you take and you strip so many things like the fennel and like when you're making chai by hand you're hand expressing the oils and the spices that have health benefits that make you feel really good when you eat it it's like a hug it's it has so much significance you can read in i'm not an expert on ayurveda but if you read into it it's really magical and amazing whereas when you're taking this like sugar processed thing enjoy it i don't care if you love it sometimes mm -hmm. i will order a chai <laughs> but it does lack the it, it takes the name without explaining the significance and that's mm. a huge thing with um colonialism that's what colonialism and white supremacy do, does and so I talk about that on my channels and I really encourage white creators like it is your responsibility that when you are taking inspiration from whatever cultural cuisine to do your research to uplift those who aren't as seen and to not whitewash something to not strip it of its significance without paying not not like homage but without having respect enough to explain mm. where it comes from. I, I think I think that's a really good point that you've raised because Ayurveda itself, it's so intentional, it's so deep. Yes. And I'm not an expert either, but I enjoy reading about some of the practices I do and why yeah. I do them, you know? And I guess that all, that intention, that love that you pour into these things, I do feel like in food, you put your energy. So if you've got a good vibe when you're yeah. making something, other people are then eating yeah. that as well, right? So you don't want to just like, uh, just do something for the sake of it and then pass it on. I feel like people enjoy meals more when they've been made with love and intention. And that's what Ayurveda is for yeah. me anyway, you know? So like even- Yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, even when I'm like cooking, I try not to listen to anything that amps me up too much so I don't get annoyed. Right. Like, all distractions off and I just like cook, you know? Um, but no, I it's do, so true. Yeah, but you're right. It has like, I guess it's, it's become more mainstream. People aren't really right. realizing the deep connection that these practices have to, especially people of yeah. color. And I'm sure it's the same with other um, people of color. So not just Indians, but like even in right. Chinese medicine, a lot of these practices now, they're becoming more mainstream and you're not really getting that 
intention behind those things anymore. You know. And yeah. with Indian cooking, it's um, a big comment I always got. It was like, why would you work that hard to make something? Like when you're making something from scratch for Indian food, there's so much love putting in it. If you've ever watched an auntie make food, like it's it's <laughs> yeah. a whole day thing. And especially being like half white, half Indian, um, I connect so much to the food but there's a lot of stuff that I'm like relearning through not a white lens. Like mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of what white supremacy does, and when I say white, it's like white supremacy. It's not like just white people, like European people. In general. <laughs> yeah, I understand. It's more. It's colonialism. It, yeah. The they want things to be fast and efficient, and fast and efficient isn't necessarily what keeps you nurtured and full and happy. And when you're making, when I'm making my recipes, they're long. They take forever. And before I was like, here are all these hacks. Here are all these shortcuts. I don't do that anymore. I take months sometimes to come up with something that's like really like, when I taste it, I'm like, okay, this is exactly what I ate. And it's vegan. And it's my childhood. And then I teach it in a way that I would like, I always tell people, don't make stuff to go viral. Make stuff that would, that broke your heart when you were younger that you needed. And so that's really like, so beautiful. you know, that's really what I try to do is like, okay, Nisha, when I was younger, how would I teach myself? Or if like, if I was adopted or if I was just for a lot of us, we denied like a lot of our culture, a lot of Mm -hmm. our upbringing to, I just wanted, I wanted so badly to be white growing up. (laughs) I think a lot of us did. Yeah. Yeah. So badly. And so yeah. now it's like I'm relearning all this stuff and I'm like, okay, let me relearn it. I'm never going to be as good as someone who who grew up in India, who has two Indian parents who are really involved in their culture, but I can teach you from a place of not knowing. And I can divert you to people who are better than me at certain things when I don't know. And I think yeah. that's really important to know your limits and that you're just human. Yeah, I think that's so important. And just how you mentioned, like, now that you're learning these things again for the first time or relearning, like, there's so much intention right. behind it. It makes it mm-hmm. even more special. And this sort of resonates with me in some ways. Well, I know we've had very different journeys, but in terms of, like, Indian cooking, like, after I was disowned by my family for my relationship, like, for a right. good year or so, it was really hard for me to get into like Indian cooking or anything to really touch on my roots in a deep way because there was just a lot of pain there. But after yeah. that initial period passed, like I'm now learning things again for the first time and learning to appreciate parts of my culture that I didn't really know about or maybe I took for granted. Like I just had that skin layer knowledge, but now because I'm forced to learn it again because yeah. I want to you learn it in such a deep way and then it's more meaning for you too, right? When you learn things again yeah. because you want to instead of because you had to. Yeah, that gives me chills just thinking about it because that's so, I mean, we have such different life experiences, but it's a very similar like relearning in a way that I'm like, okay, this is mine now. Like yeah. I'm taking it on. It's mine now. I'm, I'm making sure that my culture is bringing into my life in a way that I can pass down and am empowered by instead of like, I mean, I don't know, there's so much like cultural pressures and norms, especially with being Indian, that mm-hmm. like I already don't, because I'm half white, I already don't fulfill that. Yeah. <laughs> and but I just have to it... be like, okay, that's fine. But yeah, <laughs> I still am like, 
I'm still entitled to my culture. And so in everyone, no matter, I always tell people like, if you're mixed and you look white, you're white passing or whatever, you're still entitled to your culture. Like that's a part of who you are. Don't let society make you forget it. Mm -hmm. And how has it been for you like within, I don't know how, like how involved you are with the brown community there in California or Texas. Um, how has it been um, gaining acceptance for your peers? Were people pretty welcoming because you're biracial or how was, what was the reaction like? I think um, growing up, some people were like really cool with me and some people weren't. But because I've been so vocal about like what it is and also I, I'm not like I'm brown if you look at me, like you're not gonna be like, she's white. So it's yeah. a little different if you're white passing. Yeah. I, I can never speak on that experience, but um, because I'm so vocal about it and because I've, I've, I've expanded who I listen to in the wellness space um, to make sure that I'm listening to black, brown, and indigenous creators, um, I'm, I feel so accepted by fellow ground creators. Like I, it may, like, just thinking about it makes me cry because I remember Aww. years ago just being like, I'll never feel like enough just because of who I am. And it was so not true. Like when you're vocal and you ask and you demand that respect, people will come to you. And the people who don't want to, like you don't want to be their friend. Those people are like, forget them. But exactly. yeah, I just people have been so incredibly lovely to me. It is amazing. And it's, I... I really think it's because when you really believe that you're entitled and to that respect, that just as a human being, you are born to be respected. You should have that respect. Like every human being life is sacred. And that's what I believe is sacred and worthy. When you carry that into like all parts of your identity, people just like they come to you, you know, it's that vulnerability that being willing to be like, hey, I don't have any Indian friends in California. Like, who wants to be my friend? It'll work out. <laughs> How sweet. I love what you said about like having, like to claim back the culture that is yours and not letting people dictate yeah. what you can be, what you can't identify with. And you know, people are always trying to put labels on other people. Like even in my experience, like because my partner is German, right? He's not Indian. right? A right. lot of butt, butt hurt people said like, oh, traitor to the culture. She doesn't like being South Asian yeah. and all this other BS, you know. Just because yeah. you've fallen in love with someone outside of your culture yeah. doesn't mean you don't love and appreciate your culture. I'm a very proud safe yeah. South Asian woman, you know. So I, I yeah. know what you mean, like having to claim that and be like, you know what, no one can tell me what I am or what I can't be. That is up to me. And yeah. that is so powerful to know that you get to decide. Not anyone else, but you, you know? And I think that's so important yeah. that you touched on it. Um, do you feel like now that you're gaining, like you're around people that really love you for who you are, do you feel like it's healing the parts of you where maybe you didn't get that when you were growing up? Like in terms oh, yeah. of being accepted? Yeah. Absolutely. But I think it wouldn't have been the same if I didn't let myself have those. Because there's so much like, I, I wouldn't have gotten that if I didn't like I, I go to a lot of therapy and my therapist is culturally informed, which is a yes. huge thing. Like if you're brown, like find someone who's culturally 100%, informed. 100%. So important. Um, <laughs> yeah. And a lot of it is just allowing myself to be like, hey, I actually deserve this. I actually deserve to be your friend. Like say it with your whole chest. And it you have 
a whole part of being healed, especially from traumatic things, is to allow yourself to have the good. And that all like everything good can happen. You know when something like good things happen but you don't really think about it, but mm-hmm. then when you take a step back and you like embrace and like celebrate and you think about how far you've come, you've like allowed that in. That's real. That's really where I feel the most healed is when I like take a step back and I'm like I let myself have this. Yeah. Instead of oh, just I like that. I did all these things. Yeah. Yeah, but that's so hard. Like, just like you said, I did all these things. Like, you're ticking off a list, right? Because we feel... Yeah. Maybe even... Not even just as women of color, but women generally. We have this, like... Yes. Tick, tick, tick. Next achievement. On to the next. You know what I mean? And then it's hard to kind of, like, step back and be like, whoa, I did all this. Look how good I am. It's hard to celebrate yourself. What's something that helped you kind of shift out of that ticking things off and being more like, you know what? Let me take all of this in. How did you... How did you get to that point? Oh gosh, so many things, so much <laughs> therapy. But um, I have a couple things. For me, really shifting who I look up to as mm-hmm. a creator and to women of color, because I will always fall short of a white creator. I will never, it, we will never be doing the same thing, especially because like a lot of my stuff is so informed about culture and um, like trauma and acceptance, mm-hmm. not just about veganism and food. It's like so many different things. So really finding people, like I would spend, years ago, I would just spend hours looking through hashtag, hashtag Indian vegan, hashtag Ayurveda vegan, hashtag like all those kinds of things. I would seek it out. Really shifting and finding people I look up to so much that I could be, like I really could be. And seeing that, oh yeah, someone like me can do this. Or even just like a lot of things I want to do have not been done before by someone like me. Visualizing who that woman is and like practicing being her every day is an incredible thing. Um, I was going to say something else, but I forgot what you That's asked. That's okay. <laughs> I, was, no, I was just going to ask you how you shifted out of just ticking things off to being able to oh, yeah. kind of step back and appreciate where you are. Thank you. So that really stopped me from looking at everything like a list Mm. and looking at everything like a big picture moment because we get so trapped in the little things and checking off these little things and we never step back and just be like, okay, look how far, look look what I've created. Like, look at the life I've created. Look at the happiness I've created. Look at the healing journey I've been on and worked through. Instead of just being like, okay, I got this many followers, this video went viral, this video's mm-hmm. done. Instead of just being like, wow, I did that. What's next? Yeah. Because when I find like when I'm thinking about the present thing, once it's done, it's just like empty. I'm always like, okay, what's next? Like, let's post that and it's done. <laughs> I relate to that so much because I even growing yeah. up, I don't know, maybe it's like, bit of an immigrant mindset thing as well like you're so wired for success uh-huh. and trying to be good at yeah. everything you're just like top of my class going into uni whatever it is just kicking it off taking it yeah. off and then you're like oh uh, actually i'm actually a human i should probably appreciate this i'm not just some robot yeah. that's like ticking things off a list so that that was hard yes. and i think when we have these like you said get caught up in the details and little things that we need to tick off i think we really in some way limit the potential of what we can be because as you know life is more than just ticking things off and look at you look at your evolution over the last few years i yeah maybe i'm 
speaking too soon and maybe it's not even my place to say but maybe as a child you wouldn't have even thought that you'd be where you are now do you know what i mean like because your vision no. is huge now <laughs> yeah no yeah. i did not think i'd be doing anything even remotely like this but um it's you don't realize how much life escapes from you when you're just trying to succeed and like what you said the immigrant mindset like our ancestors sacrificed so much to get us to where we are so sometimes I'm like I feel like I owe it to them but I'm like I try to remember that that's just some ancestral trauma lingering (laughs) and like I only have this time in this life and like I'm going to enjoy it as much as I can and as long as I'm like fed and healthy or like feeling happy and I don't know love my friends and family like that's really what's great and like am I helping people I'm done that's good Mm -hmm. enough for me no I I don't need to be the best and the biggest sometimes I the thing I tell myself a lot that I feel like might be helpful to people listening is like am I trying to be the best am I trying to be better than everyone else or am I just trying to do my best for the day and then go live my life oh i love that because then, yeah. then you're like not comparing it to everyone else and it's more about you yeah. know, how can i be better today or how can i do whatever i can today and i guess yeah. you know we are all going through so many different things in life and i guess with the world mm-hmm. the climate right now there's so much pain suffering in the yeah. world and i think creators like yourself like you really do a good job of bringing joy to people's feeds like you talk about the things that matter but you like whenever i look at your story i know it's going to be like some something uplifting you're going to be doing something funny or you're going to show a blue fight like i really enjoy looking at that stuff but at the same time i also know like your content it's so intentional there is a lot of like mm-hmm. intention and just um love that goes into what you do and you can see it it's not just about like that's, what's going to go viral so nice. what's going to happen no really i i really mean that <laughs> truly like it, it, you yeah. can feel it. I feel like energy radiates through screens. So <laughs> I believe that. I have like a very short attention span and I know like <laughs> I'm very, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like if you have a short attention span, you're going to make great content. Because like I know a lot of people will just like take a selfie and be like, got my hair done today. And I'm like, I don't like, tell me, what did you do? Like, tell me, like, what did I you wanna do? Know. What's exciting about it? <laughs> Like, I'm just like, give me something, like offer people something tangible that they could take home and enjoy. Cause like, if, if you're gonna be sucked into an app, like I gotta give you something, you know? Mm-hmm. There has to be something for you to take. <laughs> no, I love that. You just keep it real. That, that's awesome. If you could give um, <laughs> one piece of advice to listeners who may be going through some of the struggles that you've been through, what would it be? Like what's one piece of advice that really sticks out for you? You should not feel exhausted all the time. <laughs> if yes. you feel exhausted all the time. Like, I used to always, and I, I say this thing knowing that I would have said that a couple years ago and I didn't really fully understand it. <laughs> but um, it's, I used to just always feel like, oh, I'm tired. I got in a good day's work. Mm-hmm. But you should have enough space to go home to hang out with your friends, to like be with people, to not make yourself so available to the world and to work and to every person in your life that you're, you have nothing left for yourself. You should have hobbies. You should have stuff that's fun. That doesn't just make you richer, healthier, 
cleaner. There should be stuff that you do that's just joyous and like fun and not productive. Mm-hmm. I love that. Boundaries. I think a lot of what you spoke about is yeah. having those boundaries, right? With yourself, yeah. with other people and knowing that it's not mm-hmm. selfish to take that time for yourself, yeah. right? Otherwise, how do you then create? You can't create from a place of yeah being exhausted. That's hard, hey? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you have to, you can't pour from an empty cup and you can't share something in a way that's impactful and uplifting if you haven't uplifted yourself. Oh, what a beautiful closing statement. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today, Nisha. Thank you for having me. No, you're so welcome. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud uh, of all that you've achieved. I'm really proud to know you. I'm so, so thank you. proud of you. And I'm so just, I'm tickled to be on here. So I'm really Aww. happy. Really I'm proud of everything love you're doing. Chills, girl. Chills. I love it. <laughs> so much love. Come to California and I'll cook you some really good food and we'll have a great time. You know that's the first place I'm going to come. So I'm going to yeah. hold you to this and I'm going to play this part of oh. the podcast back. I'm like, you said that I could come. <laughs> I am I am a people person. Like, I I mean it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure we're going to meet one day in, in person. I, I definitely believe it. Thank you so yes. much for joining me today. Where Thank can listeners you. find you and watchers, I should say, because you're on YouTube as well. <laughs> I Yes, I am everywhere. Um, I'm on Instagram a lot. Uh, I do YouTube is a lot of my recipes and I do some daily vlogs. And then TikTok is where I'm posting every single day. So <laughs> yes. if you want, it's, it's like my stories, but like even crazier, if you can believe that. There, it's just a wild ride. <laughs> There you have it, everyone. That brings us to the end of our podcast episode today. I hope that you all enjoyed it as much as I did. If you're on YouTube, make sure you leave a comment and subscribe. And on iTunes and Spotify, make sure you subscribe as well. I'm going to be here a lot more, so I will see you in the next episode.